All right, it is March the 10th, 2022. We're praying for Bob's children, his friend Greg, and the situation in Russia, Ukraine, Europe. <clears throat> no one knows what the truth is there. Um, Hiram Johnson, senator from California in 1917, is credited with saying that the first casualty of war is the truth. So... <clears throat> The, you got both sides over telling a different story. And, um, you know, I'm sure that God will sort it out. I pray for Bill Talbert's stroke. He, he is a victim of that. I want to pray for Ray tonight. Uh, he's not feeling well. Uh, God's will for our nation. Uh, for Ted, for Eric, Ukraine, America, American Patriots unsafe family members. Um, again, for uh, Ray and brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. And um, Roy and Linda Hager and Bob and Carolyn Eanes. Lee Smith, brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. Marcos for salvation. Marcos St. Ibanez. He's got that book out about his life he was converted from he's been here fellowshiped with us he I guess he's doing alright with that book he had a picture of himself and Robert Jeffress I think he had met Franklin Graham uh, he, he was with Tony Evans yesterday and Tony Evans wife passed away not even that long ago I don't know who y'all knows him he's a, he's a powerful man of God Um, Marta and Charles, uh, they run operator, owner operator tractor trailer. Diesel prices are crazy. Let's just pray that things will stabilize. Cost over a thousand dollars to fill, to fill a up the truck. And um, five dollars and something a gallon, and you got over two hundred gallon of fuel you need to take on. Yeah. But see, they just pass that cost along to whoever. All mm -hmm. you know when it, everything starts going up. Um. Janice, she lives over here at Hedgefield. Uh, she's lost two sons, and over the years, one most recently, a uh, drunk driver hit him down here at Dublin. He was going to work one morning at Volvo, and uh, she needs prayer to even get to see her grandchildren because the mother's just being obstinate, apparently. I mean, one heartbreak on top of another. Uh... For uh, Megan, a friend of ours, uh, his wife is in birth pains. Um, Osman and his church, and uh, as I think I told you all last week, I did hear from him. He's hanging in there. He's a strong man. Reverend Mrs. Davis, and praise God, Miss Carrie feeling well, doing better. Yeah. Chuck and Randall Knipp, that's his dad's name, right? Yep. And our lady that was cleaning our house, uh, Fran, her, she's had may have to have some neck surgery. I want to pray for her. Um, let's join hands. And Father God, if we have forgotten anyone, you haven't forgotten them. You know all things. We just lift up these that have been mentioned tonight and even some now that are on our hearts as this last minute of prayer comes to pass. We 
lift them up. We pray you be with us, teaching us, helping us, guiding us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, Okay. Matthew 24, 29. We'll start there. Oh, yeah? No, well, now you it. messed it up. <laughs> I did. This is where Jesus says immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Many people, and most recently Kent Hovind, he's changed his mind on when he thinks there's going to be a rapture. He's moved it into the, the middle of the tribulation. He's moved it there. Um... I think I can handle that pretty quickly tonight, I hope. And I say I don't say that with any kind of arrogance. Um, I just say it with the confidence in the Word of God, which we'll look at. Uh, interesting verse in John, chapter 21. Now, a lot of folks teach, and I mean, and I, I understand it, but we really ought to take a closer look at it. I mean, we want to be right. There's things that we wish could be the case. And maybe they're not exactly as we wish they would be. But God's way is right, not our way. Right? John 21. I will pick it up in verse 17. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He asked him three times. This is after he denied him three times, remember? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Then Jesus says, he continues, verily, verily I say, Unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whether thou wouldst. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldst not. Thus spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him follow me then Peter turning about seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following which also leaned on his breast at supper and said Lord which is he that betrayeth thee Peter seeing him saith to Jesus Lord and what shall this man do Jesus saith unto him if I will that he tarry till I come what is that to thee Follow thou me. Um, So Jesus has certainly told Peter, 
you know, when you're younger, you're going to, you know, dress yourself, do what you want to do. When you get old, they're going to have to help you get dressed, right? There is a, there's a problem there for the imminence of the rapture. The rapture could happen at any second. Now, um, well, apparently Peter wouldn't have been expecting that. He's done told me I'm going to get old, and he's done told me how I'm going to die. Well, it can't be a rapture for a while now because I'm not that old. You see this? Um, John on the Isle of Patmos, in the book of Revelation, was told to write these letters that they needed to get out to the churches. So he went about doing that, and they did get out as God intended, but wouldn't maybe John have said, well, how do I know how much time I got? What if you go poof and all of our clothes fall to the ground and we disappear? He didn't expect it, did he? You can see he didn't expect it. Peter certainly didn't expect it. So when should we have started to expect it, if, if at all? Now, I'm a big proponent of the rapture, and I believe it's pre-trib. But I can't really believe that it's imminent. Things have to happen. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 2. It's interesting how certain teachers have read and interpreted this passage. I can't make it sound that way. Chapter 2, verse 1. Found it? Yeah. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Now we had read from Ezekiel 38 and 39 recently. There's plenty of reason to believe that that battle is getting underway. Um... <clears throat> Sure, I'll look at Daniel 7 tonight. Um, that the day of Christ is at hand. Apparently, the Thessalonians were worried that the judgment of Christ was at hand. With that heater trying to kick on. Yeah, there's a button over all the way to one side, all the way to the left. It should turn it off. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, that uh, heater dims the lights usually when it kicks on. That's one of the reasons our power bill's out of sight. Over $300 a month here lately. Oh, wow. mm -hmm. So, um, the day of Christ. Ezekiel 38, 39, God says, This is the day that I spoke of. This is that day. This is the judgment. Now what 
Hovens did and what some others have done is they look at that verse in Matthew 29 or verse 24 I mean let me back up Matthew chapter 24 verse 29 you know it's gonna the moon's gonna turn to blood and the sun will look like sackcloth of ashes in that great and terrible day and when he comes oh well that's when he's coming when the moon turns to blood and when the you can't see the sun for the darkness that's when it's coming you know uh, mentioned in Joel quoted from Joel in Acts chapter 2 I think it is um, might be Acts 1 I can't remember it's right there at the beginning of the book of Acts well I'll keep your place in 2 Thessalonians 2 and go to the book of Acts um, We'll just start reading in chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, now by the way, Pentecost is one of the feasts of Leviticus chapter 23. Pentecost, it's uh, 50 days after, um, I guess that's the feast of first fruits, the third one. You had the feast of. Um, Passover, then unleavened bread, where they swept all of the leaven out of the house, and then first fruits. Well, Christ fulfilled that when he was the first fruit um, to return from the dead. And uh, you always present that they presented that first fruits of the harvest at um, in the um, feast of Leviticus to the priest. And Christ presented himself to God the Father. That's why he told Mary, don't touch me. I have not yet ascended to the Father. So he was perfected. And he went to the Father. And, of course, he came back. But those feasts um, lined up, the fulfillment of them lined up on the very same days that the Hebrew people were keeping those feasts. The, the very people in most cases, almost all cases, who didn't realize that the Messiah was here. Pentecost was the creation of the church. If you look at that feast in Leviticus 23, it says, this is the first three feasts, when the bread they baked, they kept the leaven out. No leaven. Because that had to do with Christ. The fourth feast was Pentecost and God said put leaven in this bread well that had to do with the church the creation of the church and yeah we got leaven in us don't we um, and the other uh, I think symbolic thing is it causes it to grow that the church would grow so Pentecost came they were gathered in one place verse 2 and suddenly there came a sound from heaven 
as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Speaking in tongues, that's a big controversial sort of thing. God confused the languages of the people in uh, Genesis 11 at the Tower of Babel. They couldn't communicate. Well, if you're going to be able to communicate, see, from the time of the Tower of Babel until this time, well, that's quite a few years. <coughs> right? Three millennia, maybe? I don't know. Um, people speak in all kinds of languages by this time, were they not? How is the gospel going to get out there with the gift of tongues? And it, do, it doesn't mean you stand up in a Pentecostal church and go, Shalalalala, shalalalala, see my tie, see my tie. Shal I mean, it's not that. That's not tongues. It's my tie. Yeah, now, your tie. Aren't uh, tongues known languages? That's what they'll be heard to be. Yeah. And Acts 2 here will show that. Uh, everybody's hearing it in their own language. Mm -hmm. It would be, now, Brother Ted Mary, does he still go out in the truck stop parking lot? God yeah. bless his soul. How's old is he now? 84 or 5? Uh, 80. Hmm? 88 or 89. Hmm. He teaches up at Truck Stop Ministries, exit 80, oh. to fly and J up there. And um, he was trying to invite this fellow to a Bible study that night. and the guy was, I guess, French-Canadian. He just started talking in French. And uh, Ted said he just tried to keep talking to him, and he said before he knew it, the guy was speaking perfectly to him, and he, they were communicating. I haven't forgotten that. Now, sure, there's a chance that the guy was just messing with him a little bit, being able to speak two languages, but he didn't get that feeling. He said the guy seemed very sincere and was wanting to hear what he had to say. Um... So God, the Holy Spirit gives this gift, you know, as it's needed. It isn't something you do to show off in church. And, um, you know, that's uh, unfortunately, and it apparently was an issue even when Paul wrote the first letter to the Corinthians. He said, if this is what you're going to do, 1 Corinthians 14, you're standing here speaking in tongues, and some unlearned person walks in, is he not going to think you're nuts? He's going to think you're crazy. Why shouldn't you rather prophesy? Prophecy is better. Prophesy to him, and then his soul will be bared. And he'll say, you know so many things about me. How could you see what Jesus did with the woman at the well when he told her, you're right, this man you're living with now is not your husband you had four before him. And, and she says, I see us that thou art a prophet. <laughs> so he knew. But that's a spirit gift that you can be told something. And, and so you are prophesying. Now prophesying can have to do with saying what is to come. Or can also have to do, as you see that example in 1 Corinthians 14, can have to do with just saying to this stranger that walked into the congregation rather than babbling along in tongues 
start telling him things about himself. Maybe some unflattering things if they need to be exposed. And um, he will be convinced that God is among you, I think is essentially what you see Paul say there. These tongues were necessary here in this instance, and there's still times today when they are necessary. Uh, Joseph Prince is interesting. He's got a big church in Singapore. Anybody ever see this guy? Mm-hmm. He's from Singapore. That's how he says it. He, uh, he said if you're praying, you don't want Satan hearing your prayer. This is his idea. It sounded intriguing. He said you pray quietly in your heart. If you're going to speak out loud, you pray in a personal prayer language. You pray with utterance, with sounds, with groanings. Romans chapter 8, we got Bible for it. The Holy Spirit understands. But in his... Well, it says that the Spirit utters gives that utterance for, yeah. for you. For you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why not just, why not just pray in your mind? Like you could. I think yeah. you can pray in your mind... Sometimes it helps to stay focused if you're at least moving your lips like Hannah was and uh, Samuel. Yeah. They said, well, you've drunk, you've had too much to drink, but no, she said, I'm praying. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, uh, they were filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues, verse 4, Acts chapter 2. Verse 5, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? And he names all these uh, different ethnic groups. We have different ethnic groups. We only have one race, the human race. The idea that there are different races goes against what the Bible teaches, but we have different ethnicities depending on where our ancestry comes from. So um, verse 12, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. Some of your ministers who think alcoholic wine is a sin like to say the new wine was just grape juice. They'll say that. Oinos wine was a new wine. And so that just means grape juice. That doesn't make sense there then, does it? That they would mock, say, you guys are full of grape juice? No. New wine was also alcoholic wine. I realized, too, when was this? April, early May, maybe, somewhere in there. Uh, The grape harvest had come in the previous fall. They got no refrigerations. Reverend Welch wasn't there to show them how to make it not ferment yet. Did you know that the Welch's grape juice, it was a pastor, and he didn't want to serve his congregation alcoholic wine, so he's the one who figured out how to stop the fermentation of the juice. And I don't know what he used, but um, Welch's grape juice. Um, 
there was no unfermented wine anywhere at that time of year. So, uh, that, you know, you just have to use some logic. So they, they thought, well, they were drunk. Verse 14, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all that you dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken, as you suppose. See, they accused them of being drunk on new wine. Seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Now, they started to count at 6 a.m., so here's 9 o'clock in the morning. Peter said, nah, wait till 9 o'clock tonight and they might be drunk, but they ain't drunk at 9 in the morning. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will, shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Then the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. Um, I wanted to stay in Second Thessalonians, but then we're going to go to Revelation 6. So Peter said that right there. Uh, well, some of that was being done, but, you know, the fulfillment of everything that was spoken of by Joel, I guess he considered the minor prophet because there weren't as many pages or chapters, but they're all prophets who spoke truth. Second Thessalonians 2, they're told not to be deceived that the day of Christ is at hand. Verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed a son of perdition. I've heard it taught more than once. Oh, that falling away. That's the rapture. The, uh, the, the falling away, you've got to have the rapture first, and, and, and uh, this man of sin is revealed. So the people that teach this way say, you're not going to see who the Antichrist is. Uh, he's not going to be revealed to you. Um, okay, we'll come back to that in a second. But this falling away, the Greek is apostasia. Anybody catch that root word? Apostasy. You don't want to be part of the apostasy, do you? But they're out there, and we see them more every day, uh, people leaving the congregations, leaving fellowship. Mm -hmm. Just not interested in it. Mm -hmm. If you're a true believer in Christ, if you're a true child of God, if you are spirit-filled, you want to come together. He, he, he calls us sheep. I've, my theory is he, he invented sheep. He created sheep specifically to emulate the behavior of his people, his sheep. So y'all watch these sheep. You know, they they like to herd together. They don't like being off by themselves, right? That thing's heavy. Just It'll come open, just wrestle a little bit. So um, 
besides that, the word falling away has nothing to do with rapturing up. No, it? no, it doesn't. And but people try to make it fit and try to make it say what they wish it said. That's the the turning away from truth by the false converts. This is when the 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 wheat and the tares. The tares don't lean over in the wind. They they don't move by the spirit. The spirit's typified in some places as went the wind. And uh, ruach is the Hebrew. So uh, what's Paul saying here? Know the day of Christ isn't at hand. Who told you this? Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived by this. The day of Christ is not at hand. How can you know this? Well, because for that day shall not come except there come an apostasy or the church falling away and that man of sin be revealed. So Thessalonians, this is what you're looking for here. You're looking for the church to fall away from faith, large portions of it, the so-called church. The true church will not, right? But you've got lots of false converts in congregations. So what are you looking for? Two things. You're looking for that apostasy, the people leaving the church. And you're looking for this antichrist to be revealed. There's really no other sensible way to read that. Now, there are places where there's things you could take two different ways. Give me a home where the buffalo roam and a deer and the antelope play. Is that right? Seldom has heard a discouraging word. And the skies are not cloudy all day. The skies are not cloudy all day. Does that mean there are portions during the day when the sun comes through the clouds and the skies are not cloudy? Or does that mean they're not cloudy for the entire duration of the day? See? Now, that's not scripture. That's a silly little song. But um, you can take that either way. And the skies are not cloudy all day. What does that mean? This isn't one of those passages. You can't do anything like that with this. The Thessalonians, which are the church proper, part of the church, are told... This day of Christ is not at hand. It's not going to come until a couple of things happen. You'll see the apostasy and you'll see the Antichrist come to power, come to the scene. Do you know right now there are people in Europe, a couple of them, prominent people, said we need a leader. We need a world leader to step up and stop all of this trouble. Is that a little scary? It should be. Because we know who this so-called leader is going to be. Um, is that your glass? No. All right, I'm dumping my... So I will get... Thank you so much. Half a cup's good. It'll get cold before I drink it all. Thanks anyway. So, um... When does this catching up of the church occur? Let me take you to another verse, Revelation chapter 6. And um, 
you know, here's where the seals are opened, where Christ is found worthy to open them. And here's where these four horsemen of the apocalypse are discussed. And, um, of course, the first one, he, he's on a white horse, and he um, doesn't have any arrows. He's got a bow. Now, how long will he go? Well, I think he'll be the Antichrist, and he'll be coming in, oh, I'm a man of peace. We want peace. Well, the next thing you know, here comes the red horse, and he is making war. War is going on. Vladimir Putin isn't the Antichrist. He doesn't fit prophecy as the Antichrist. He does fit prophecy as Gog of the northern land of Magog. Um, so, the third horse is black, and the rider is holding a pair of scales, and pays wages for a quart of wheat. You work all day for enough wheat to make enough bread to feed your family and yourself, and then you're broke again to the next day. Now, we have told everyone in our study Buy rice, seal it up, you can put beans and rice in pot bottles, water bottles, and it'll seal it up. Don't be the one knocking on the other door. Y'all got anything to eat? The grocery store's empty. Don't put your fellow Christians in that position. You know, God means for you to provide for yourselves, put away some food, canned things. Because, you know, it's why do you have insurance on your home or on your car? It's not because you plan on using it. It's because you hope you won't need it, right? right. You hope you won't need it. So with some food set back, it's better to have it and not need it the need it and not have it. Do we remember Y2K? Too young trade, but everybody no, else was saving all this stuff because the whole world's going to crash. I never believed that it would. So I didn't save any more than I might eat in a week. But, um, and people were joking, like, I got enough beans and rice now to last me to Y2 for 3K. You know, uh, um, but do have some food. And, uh, you know, you got starving children show up on your doorstep. You want to be able to help them. Exactly. You don't want to turn them away. And that's children. I'm not talking about adults who should have known better because they were told. Okay? And this stuff is cheap. Rice and beans, I mean, that's cheap. So this, uh, these horsemen go forth. This fourth one is a pale horse. And he's bringing disease. And uh, death and hell followed him, it says. Power was given unto him, it's the end of verse 8, over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. 
So he's not just bringing, he's not just doing this with illness. The sword, you know, people are dying in this war. And people are starving, hunger. Now, King David said he'd seen a lot of things, but he'd never seen a righteous man begging bread. So if you're in Christ, he's going to feed you. He said he knows what you need. He takes care of those little sparrows, takes care of the lilies of the field. He said Solomon wasn't even dressed as beautiful as these flowers. He knows what your needs are. So, you know, you might be putting back some food for others. Tribulation saints, and we're going to get to those. Because here's where a lot of people color outside the lines a little bit and get mixed up. I want to make sure we clarify that. So all these horsemen have ridden forth and it looks like a quarter of the people on the planet have died. Either by starving or by disease, by war, um, or the beasts of the earth. The dogs come and just eat you. Verse 9, And we had, when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal and lo, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood. Here's where some people are going and saying, oh, okay. Well, in Matthew 24, we have this, and you know, the Lord doesn't come until this goes on. But he's talking about that great and terrible day of the Lord here. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, uh, one translation, unripe, they're not ripe yet. When she is shaken of a mighty wind, and the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places, and the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said unto the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? The great day, this day, has come. He talks about it in Ezekiel with regard to Gog coming against Israel. This day, this great day has come. And who shall be able to stand, they say. <coughs> Alright, so you have this multitude of people 
show up there at the throne of God. They're, they're uh, sad because they've been killed. And they're kind of wondering, well, when are you going to avenge us? And he said, here's a white robe, just wait, because there's a lot more that are going to be killed for the testimony of God. You're going to be killed for the testimony of God. Um, verse 9, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Um, so, the idea that the rapture of the church happens here has to also entail that the church is all going to be slain. I don't think so. Um, well, it, it says it says that the, in the twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ first, and then those that yeah. are alive. So it can't be everybody dead. That's right. Good point. And doesn't it all also say those who have God in their hearts will receive protection from the Lord in the days of evil? Yeah. This. Um, Let's see. Yeah, that's in chapter 7. The seals. Mm -hmm. The seals of um, every, these 12 tribes. Now they're being sealed. They're going on into this tribulation part that's called the time of Jacob's trouble. To me, and I have to give Adrian Rogers credit for this, Jesus said, go to Luke 17. <clears throat> Jesus speaking, uh, we'll pick it up in verse... 26. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat. They drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But in the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. <clears throat> well, some folks have a kind of have an eschatology figured different. They need to take this page out and put it across their anvil and wordsmith on it a little bit, get it to line up with what they think. Yeah. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. A fourth of the people had died of pestilence from the beasts of the field, of war and of hunger and starvation. But then, 
the Lord came. No. This is business as usual. What he's talking about when he comes, at this coming here, he's revealed. He didn't say came, but um, not, I don't mean to make too much of that. Somebody may have a place that says, no, he's also saying he comes here. I mean, it, to an extent, he does. But the church is caught up to be with him in the clouds, and so may we forever be with him, uh, it says in 1 Thessalonians 4. So comfort each other with these words. So he's coming, just like with Noah, the heathen didn't see it. They were out there marrying, giving him marriage, buying, selling, building, eating, drinking. Same with Sodom and Gomorrah. They were just going on about their business. Thought everything was great, and then boom. Both cases, God took those who were his out. Even the angels told Lot, you need to go on. Get your family together and move on because why? Because we can't do anything until you're gone. You got to leave and then we're going to destroy these cities. So um, they didn't see it coming. Sodom and Gomorrah didn't see it coming. If the rapture of the church is there in Revelation 6, do you imagine people are eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage? When What if you just looked out there and one out of every four people in your family or one out of every four that you knew in your acquaintances or your church, gone? You see, oh, oh, oh so-and-so, yeah, he, uh, he got to eat by dogs. What happened to that? No, well, a stray bullet from a war killed him. You'd be afraid to come out of your house. You're not eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, would you be? So you got to realize that before you try to pin the rapture down where it does not go. <clears throat> they thought it was tribulation in World War One. That's what I've read. They thought it was tribulation in um, World War Two. They thought that Hitler was the Antichrist. And you can kind of see how that could be construed. But there are still some things missing. Most notably, there was no Israel, no Jerusalem. In fact, Hitler's actions directly led to the creation, of, uh, the recreation, I should say, of Israel. Um, God said he'd put them back right where they had been. And he would gather them a second time. You ever see some of these people try to say, oh, yeah, they were gathered. They're talking about the Babylonian captivity. Isaiah 11. Go to Isaiah chapter 11 and so you know where this is. And as Osman says, Isaiah. Isaiah. Isaiah 11. <coughs> Isaiah. Chapter 11. Here we go. All right. Verse 11. Isaiah 11, 11, maybe you can remember it that way. And it shall come to pass 
in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time. The second time. Everybody see that? This is not referring to the Babylonian captivity and when they returned under... Um, well, yeah, they captured him and then even subsequent followers of him. Uh, Cyrus, yeah, he told him, go back, build your wall, build your temple, build your city back. That's not the time. This, that's done destroyed again, hadn't it been? This is the second time, not the Babylonian captivity. To recover the remnant of his people, and y'all just read this with me, to recover, the second time, to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Babylon and from Babylon and from Babylon and from Babylon and from... No. You see this? The, his people from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, and from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. How can people think that the recreation of Israel wasn't prophesied? I seriously doubt the salvation of such people. I don't think the Holy Spirit would give you anything but heartburn and... Uh, loose bowels. If you want to sit around and believe a bunch of stuff like that, he's going to get to you. He's going to make sure that you get it right. If he's in you. If you have the Holy Spirit. So, um, by the way, the loose bowel thing's biblical too. Which king was it? He saw the uh, Mene, Mene, Tico, Sepharsin. When the meat's in the party. Yeah, the written on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And it says his bowels loose within him. His knees smoke together. Yeah. Together. And then, uh, what, the Emrons? When the, uh, yeah, the hemorrhoids. Yeah, yeah, they put them in the ark. The ark. Yeah, they were struck down with hemorrhoids. Yeah, hemorrhoids. Hemorrhoids. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that word means. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Some of the later translations do say yeah. that. And not only that, but when they figured out what was going on, they made golden ones and put them back in there and got rid of the thing. Golden yeah, emeralds. I know, right? Okay, so we're in Luke uh, 17. Sorry. And um, so we see that Jesus is talking about returning. He would be revealed, he says, I'll be revealed in a day when everybody's eating and drinking and married and giving in marriage and so forth. And um, verse 30, even shall it be. In the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Verse 31, in that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men. And Now notice something else we see here. He's talking about nighttime here. In that night, two men... And in one bed, the one shall be taken and the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field. Well, this is daytime, right? The one shall be taken and the other left. 
And he answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. Teachers have taught uh, because of that last verse, verse 37, Good day, you don't want to be fed to the buzzards. You don't want to be taken and fed to the buzzards. You need to be left. Uh, David Jeremiah's been teaching that. You know who he is. And you can see why. Because it sounds a lot like Matthew 24. Keep your place in Luke 17. Go to Matthew 24. Sounds a whole lot like... Verse 28 of Matthew 24. Now, Christ isn't speaking right here of one taken and one left. He's talking about what seems to be tribulation events. Uh, Great tribulation, verse 21. He says, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Would you believe that your Seventh-day Adventists think that the tribulation has already happened? 70 AD, when the Romans destroyed the temple, fulfilled all of this. I called a guy's radio show one time, and I, he never professed to be Seventh-day Adventist. But a lot of times, uh, you t- it takes a little while before they'll finally say, hey, I'm Adventist. It's like a Calvinist. They don't want to tell you that's what they are, because they know it's like saying, uh, you know, I got... I got foot fungus, you know, yeah. I'm really not too proud of it. Um, oh, you got it too? Okay, hey, you know, let's go to the local Presbyterian church. Praise John Calvin. Uh, they keep it to themselves. And anytime you believe anything that you're a little bit sheepish about speaking out on, Romans 1 and verse 16, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Um... So he's talking about tribulation here. And he said there that there'd be, it would be not nothing that bad since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And I got a hold of that character on that radio show. And I said, so Jesus is saying that the tribulation here would be fulfilled when The temple in 70 AD was knocked down and a lot of people run over and killed by the Romans. That's right, that was the fulfillment. I said, do you see the end of uh, verse 21? That tribulation, nothing like it since the beginning of the world, nothing like it forever even after. Yeah, what about it? I said World War II made what happened in 70 AD in Jerusalem look like a pillow fight at the Girl Scout camp. What in the heck could you be thinking? Now the tribulation is going to make World War II look like a pillow fight at the Girl Scout camp. The the, the, uh, tribulation, the second part of it is God's wrath. The wrath of God. Scary stuff. he's He's telling about all that and he gets down to verse 28, Matthew 24, and he says, so For wheresoever the carcass is, there will be the eagles gathered together. Wheresoever the carcass is, there will be the eagles gathered together. Back to Luke 17, 
wheresoever the body is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Same verse or a little bit different? It's a little bit different. Anybody catch it? you got to have a King James or you're going to miss it. Carcass. Carcass and body. Carcass is correctly interpreted from the Greek in the King James as you know, the word is toma, P-T-O-M-A. It means dead body. And the Holy Spirit wrote dead body, carcass, P-T-O-M-A, toma, in Matthew 24. And during the tribulation, this is not the tribulation right here, in Luke 17, he's talking about while they were marrying, eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, building, buying, and selling, they're just living it up. And then that, boom, that day comes. And there'll be two in the bed, one taking, one left. Two grinding at the wheel, one taking, one left. Two in the field, one taking, one left. And it answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, there will the eagles be gathered together. So most people read that think it's the same that Christ is saying the same thing as he said in Matthew 24 and he's not they they well you, you know where I don't want to be fed to the buzzard so I want to be the one left and they get a little bit of extra bolstering there where it talks about the uh, angels coming to gather the tares and take them and bundle them to be burned leaving the wheat remember yeah we'll be you know get rid of them tares we'll take them get them out of here you want to be the one left. Massive problem with the Greek. And um, John 14, Jesus said, If I go to prepare a place for you, I will return and paralambano, receive you to me, so that where I am you may be also. If I go to prepare a place, I will come back, and paralambano, and it means embrace, take, even in a loving way to embrace. That's what I want. I want to be embraced by my Lord. Though I'm the least one to deserve it. But um, left is aphiomai. Aphiomai, just, just an aside here, is also used for forgive. And somebody says, well, I want to be forgiven. I want to be left. Aphiomai, forgive. I get forgiven. That's not what he's using that You know what Paul uses in 1 Corinthians chapter 7? He uses aphiomai for divorce. When he's speaking of divorce, right? And, you know, it turns out the Holy Spirit knew how to write divorce. So that in uh, 1 Timothy, that if you're going to be a pastor of the church, you can, you can only be the, uh, the man with, of one wife. And a lot of holier than thou's say, well, if you've ever been divorced, you can't even pastor a church. I wouldn't want to try to pastor a church anyway. Too much trouble in there every day. <laughs> but I'm glad some of y'all are up to the task. But uh, no, when he says you can only be the husband of one wife, that means you can't be a polygamist. You can't have multiple wives. That wasn't that uncommon. And of course, you still got the uh, Mormons. They will do it. So, another twist on the ending of Luke 17 is, uh, well, when they said, where, Lord? They were asking where the, um, where the people left behind were going to be. 
we're the ones we're the ones that were left. They don't need to know that. One's left in the bed, one's left in the field, one's left at the grinding wheel. They need didn't need to ask that question. He said taken left, taken left, and they said where taken where is obvious what what they meant. Okay, taken. Where are they being taken to? Wheresoever the body, not carcass, body is used most often in the Greek to mean living body. Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. Now, we've all seen a dead cow in a field or a dead deer or some kind of carcass. And the, the buzzards are getting, they're getting uh, ready to have a feast. Where do they begin their feast? Circling in the air. High in the air, they go round and around. You want to go up that way. You want to be where they are. Christ was not going to be very open about it because he knew. He didn't know the exact return time but he knew it would be a couple of thousand years or more for most of the church age the idea of rapture didn't matter wouldn't matter would it because they were not going to live up and through that time but now it's talked about more than ever and some pastors that like to bust on or teachers that like to bust on the rapture so that's a new doctrine that never was taught Seems to me the Bible taught it. But, uh, oh no, some girl had a dream in the 1800s, and that's why, that's why there was this talk of a rapture. There's a lot of uh, different doctrines that teach about this rapture in different ways. Uh, my question is, if it, it as it's written in the Bible, how are these other uh, divisions taught? You say division. Are you talking about doctrines? Uh, different I different religions. The yeah, maybe concepts. I'm not. Um, a, well, everybody's been, you know, the old, the old thing about the uh, three blind men trying to describe an elephant, and they get hold of different parts of yeah. it. And it. Seems different. Which ones? Do which we ones? Know, right? Which one do we know is right? Well, we are always working on our truth model, mm -hmm. and we have to be willing to make adjustments to the truth model. If I had ever fully believed that the rapture was imminent and could happen at any second I found evidence that I need to change that but I still believe it's a seven year event I'll try to go into that before we go too long and too late or this one might be slightly longer than typical but uh, um, well, Enoch was a candidate for that concept right Apparently, he, he walked with God. Elijah was caught up in view of Elisha. Right. So, uh, yeah, that, that's a rapture of, um, parallel, apparently. But um, very curious. Now, see this NIV. We'll get to the last verse of Luke. And instead of saying where the body is, it says where the dead body is. 
they just tried to make it like the verse in Matthew and it is not it's not even in the same context so don't I, read your you know don't you can look at some other translations sometimes it'll help you get some sense out of something that you're having a little trouble with in the KJV but always everything has got to be compared to the King James because this is the one he's left us with for over 400 years and um, so I, if God didn't approve of it it, still, it wouldn't be out there uh, it's the only version of the Bible that some entity does not have a copyright on. Anyone can go print King James Bibles. Um, the British Crown claimed, and they did get it off the ground back in King James's day, but they you know, they won't bother you if you want to open up a print shop and start printing Bibles in the King James. You try to print an NIV, you're going to get a lawyer visit from Zondervan's people. So... Uh, Anyway, we talked about the feasts, and we've been over this in another study. The Feast of Tabernacles is a seven-day thing. You're going to see the day for a year in, uh, mentioned in the book of Numbers, mentioned also in Ezekiel. A day for a year, or a year for a day. Well, I mean, they couldn't keep the Feast of Tabernacles for seven years of living in this tiny booth. Um, but it was the seven days that made the uh, it made the picture of seven years. Um, if it was a mid-trib rapture. Tabernacles would have been stay in this little booth for three and a half days. Remember, these feasts paralleled perfectly. Kill the perfect lamb. When they kept Passover, find a lamb without fault, without blemish, and make sure by the priest. The priest has got to examine it and agree that this thing has no flaws, no fault. Now you go kill it. Put the blood on your doorpost. Eat this lamb, eat my body, and um, so there you are. And then the next one was the unleavened bread. Sweep all the leaven out, get all the sin out, spend all this time getting. You, why are we dusting the sin with a feather out of the corners of our cupboards? I don't know. God said to do it, just do it. And they're doing it. It's a picture of something first fruits. They would take the first fruits of the harvest, the best of the harvest and, and, and see uh, Cain and Abel. You know, Abel took the best. I don't think Cain did. Um, first fruits. Jesus fulfilled that. Pentecost, the church was created with bread with leaven in it. Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Trumpets, at midnight the cry rang out and they all knew he's coming. The bridegroom cometh. Get up. Trim your lamps. What's the next thing we got to do? Uh, Yom Kippur, the days of, of all. And what are the Jewish people doing? They go out and they're telling people about God and they're repenting and apologizing and making things right, repenting in sackcloth and ashes. And then, on the full moon, as Proverbs 7 shows, 
the father comes back, the, the, the husbandman comes back, or the, you know, however you want, whatever your translation says. Um, on a full moon, the King James does say the appointed time, the Hebrews Kessah in Proverbs 7. The NIV does say full moon, and full moon is right. And not that appointed time is wrong. It's not. There's not anything wrong in the King James. But specifically, the full moon is when they go for seven days. So that is two weeks after the cry rings out. The bridegroom's coming. I think for two weeks we're going to know this is it. And we may tell a lot of people we're, I, I think, expected to. Uh, you know, uh, the picture there, Bob mentioned uh, Elijah. Elisha was following him around. And people were saying, you know, that uh, he's going to be taken. He's going to be taken away. You know, yeah, we know. You don't need to talk about it, he said. Yeah, we know. He's going to be taken. Is this a picture of the church during the days of all? Uh, we're going to be taken in the Feast of Tabernacles. Yeah. Is there a great revival that is to happen? Prior to this? There could be. There could be at certain places. Um, or maybe all around the world, I think. Could be. But um, in any event, we, we're kind of looking for some additional things to happen. And the key there in Second Thessalonians 2, we do see the church falling away. A lot of congregations got so used to watching their pastor on the Facebook instead of going to church um, during the whole COVID uh, debacle. The, they got so used to doing that, they don't want to do any different now. They don't want to go. And one of the things about falling away is not the absence from church, but the presence in false churches or false teachers uh, or perverted teaching you know like you can have the gospel there but there's a lot of perversion that uh, leaven very know. much right now I mean there's churches teaching all kind of things and the largest churches uh, seem to be the ones that are doing that sort of teaching you know watered down mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, have you heard that thing about Christianism Christianism Islam. Yeah, they're trying to merge Christianity and Islam together. That's getting to be a big thing in California from what I'm hearing. Yeah, I think Saddleback Church guy, Rick, Rick Warren, he was big on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, in any event, it's hard to find somebody to tell you, you know, the truth on all counts. I would just read the Bible and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Yeah. But uh, before we wrap tonight, uh, we're an hour and eleven in. I want to I want to wrap it up with this from Daniel chapter seven. You might want to look this over with regard to Vladimir Putin. Read Ezekiel thirty-eight, thirty-nine. It sounds like Putin. Um, he, he sees these beasts in this dream. You know. Uh, the one he saw these four great beasts. Uh, verse four: the first one, like a lion, and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from 
the earth and made to stand upon the feet as a man and a man's heart was given it. What nation is this? What army or power is this? Some think it there's America. I don't know. Um, next, verse 5, And behold, another beast, a second lake to a bear. Now, of all the powers on the earth in the last couple hundred years, who is the bear? Russia, Russia has been the bear. And it raised up itself on one side. We looked at this a week or two back. And it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said, Thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. You can read those others later. Well, this Russian bear, if this bear is Russian, and I think that's who it is, is going to take three, I think, nations, now, was Crimea and Georgia the first two, and the Ukraine is the third? Maybe. I don't think Putin will give up until he has what he wants. He is a nuclear power. All he has to do is go on world broadband, or however he wants to broadcast it, and show a picture of a clock ticking behind him, and his finger on a red button, and he doesn't need to say a word. He can show the hour on the clock. Y'all pull out. Y'all get, you know, Ukraine is standing because of the other powers. Uh, and I think America is certainly involved. What we're looking at is world war. Um, how far it'll get, God knows, time will tell. But. Zelensky, uh, it's been a week ago, maybe 10 days, he was uh, speaking to some news agency, and he said, I've been in touch with uh, President Biden, and I've asked him to send more airplanes. Wait a minute. More airplanes? That means that we've already sent some. We're already there. Yeah, that means we've already sent some, and some of the destruction over there looks like it was done by some of the things that America owns. One of those convoys. Well, we we haven't even denied sending javelins, but we've let on now. They invent this ghost of Kiev pilot. Oh, he's flying a MiG twenty nine, and y'all heard this? This hero pilot. They needed some way to explain why the Russians' best aircraft are being shot out of the sky. It ain't the ghost of Kiev flying an antiquated MiG-29. Yeah. Now, God has blessed us with what certainly is amazing technology, and Putin, if he pulls back from this, he will pull back whether he'll let you see it or not. He'll pull back with his tail tucked because if he can't win a little skirmish like that because of American power, and I do think we're in there. Maybe the Brits are too. He, he, he's not going to be able to, to do anything other than just nuke everybody. And he may get desperate enough to do that, and our own CIA said don't look for him to back down look for him to double down. So this could get ugly. They got submarines right off the coast, east and west and in the Gulf. Oh, sure. And they, yeah, they can launch stuff. 
So now, could they get them in here or could we shoot them? Down? I don't know. Oh. We never, t whatever you hear that we have and don't have, whatever our Navy can do, whatever our Air Force can do, if you're hearing it on the news, it's probably not really the case. We could probably do a lot worse, maybe. A lot more. But, uh, this Antichrist that some people in Europe are saying right now, we need a leader. We need a world leader to step up and organize this stuff and get this war to stop. The man on the white horse of Revelation 6, he comes with peace. He has a bow. He's not shooting arrows. So he, the bow, he's got the ability to shoot arrows. The uh, arrows are missiles. In fact, Israel, some of their... Uh, I, can't, I can't remember the Hebrew name, but the Hebrew name for arrows, that's what their missiles are called. The Hebrew name for uh, a chariot, Merkaba, the tanks, that's what they call their tanks. So when prophecy is saying, here they come in their chariots, tanks. Symbolic. Yeah, well, it's literal now. Yeah. They're, here they come in their Merkabas, yep, that's, that's what they call those tanks. Yeah. Very interesting, isn't it? Yes. So... Um, Putin's not the Antichrist, but I think he will early on ally with the Antichrist because Ezekiel 38 and 9 talks about Gog and all of his bands, all his bands, all these people that have joined with you. And everybody be crying for peace. Yes. And the Lord's going to gather his enemies. They, get, they, they fight each other for a time. You know, in uh, Zechariah 14, they fight each other for a time. Zechariah 14, he says, This is the plague that I will strike those who come against my nation, Israel, who come against Jerusalem. I'll strike them with this plague. Their flesh will consume away while they're still standing. Their eyes will consume away in their sockets as they're standing. Yeah. We have things to do that today, do we not? How many thousand years do people read that and not know what in the world this means? Well, now we know what it means. So we are this close, and the Lord is that close. Uh, once this battle is, is going, now it's possible that Putin could back off for a bit, the Antichrist rises to power, and then God brings Putin back to come down against Israel. One of Putin's generals has already said, the Golan Heights belong to Syria. Have you heard this? He already said, the Golan Heights, see, Israel is Satan's target. It, Satan don't care nothing about Ukraine, he doesn't care about anything but taking down Israel. Right. So, um, the um, alliance early on, I think, with Gog of Magog, which I think could well be Putin, and whoever this Antichrist is, who will be revealed before that day, I think before the rapture. Um, they will ally initially, then they'll begin to fight with each other. Uh, the, the Chinese army, the kings of the east, 200 million men. Euphrates River, Revelation 16, dried up to prepare the way for the kings of the east. Yeah. When that said 200 million man army in Revelation, there weren't that many people on the planet, I don't oh. think. And all that's symbolic. Symbol no, it's literal. They could do 400 if they wanted to. Oh, yeah. They've got that, yeah. yeah. 200 million don't knock their skin off their nose. They've got, got 140 million standing right now. They could fit it, and they could bring more. Yeah. And so they're going to. Why are they coming? 
Well, I guess just to get their finger in the pie. I don't know. Oil. Sure, they need that. But once all this is going and the blood is as deep as the horse's bridle, there's a massive earthquake. And the two most beautiful feet in all of creation set down on the Mount of Olives. And it's over. It is over. For them, I mean. Yeah. For them. So we're going to be with Good day for tonight. us. Amen. <laughs> All right. I got a little long-winded tonight. An hour and 20 minutes, I'm sorry. Reverend Davis. Father God, we thank you for this day. As we look back over our life and the years you have brought us a mighty, mighty long ways. We've had some ups and downs. It seemed like more downs than ups. Sometimes. But because you loved us so much, yes. you saw what we could not see right. and gave your son, who gave his life for us. Yes. We are still here. We're holding on to you, Lord. Yes, Lord. The world is in a mess, and oh, no goodness. one knows what's going to happen in the end. Right. But we know who holds the world in his hands. That's right. We ask that thou continue to look down upon us. Bless us, Lord. Each and every one that's in this house, Lord. Lead us and guide us along the way, Lord. You said if we lift you up, you will draw all men unto you. Not the world leaders, but you are the leader. You are our creator yes. of heaven and earth, that's Lord. Right, we ask that thou give us wisdom and knowledge. Yes, we thank you for allowing us to come together to get an understanding of your word. Yes, but we thank you most for understanding your word. Right. This we ask in yes. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. And remember those that's on the prayer list yes, tonight, you. Lord. Touch them, Lord. And the people that's dying every mm. day, be with them, Lord. Comfort them, Lord. Watch over the little children. Thank you. Watch over the mothers and fathers, Lord. This we ask in your holy precious name. Amen. 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 Let's chase us out of here, shall I?